Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante. I'm with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, y'all ready to talk? Review of the Penn State-Ohio game? Are you ready to preview Penn State-Auburn? Are you ready for everything Penn State football? Yes, and I have gone uh, deep into the film so that I am prepared for this moment because all week, Jim, I've been telling people about Ohio, and they've been like, great, what about Auburn? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I had it. So I got up early this morning, and I started dipping into the San Jose State film. Um, it is exactly, exactly what you expect, uh, of an SEC team. They played Mercer and San Jose state. So we know significantly less about them than we do about the Nittany Lions, but I'm here to answer your run game questions and other things about Auburn, as well as give you the full review of Ohio. Very good. And in fact, we've got enough scheduled here today, T. Frank. We're postponing Ask T. Frank. Don't worry, we'll get back to it next week. So make sure you send in your questions. We have a special guest for quarter number four. So we've got to consolidate everything with T. Frank into the first three quarters. Before we get started, one more programming note, T. Frank. If you are headed down to the Penn State Auburn game, Dustin and I are going to be there, but at Friday night, 6 p.m. local time, we're going to be at the Exchange Pub at the Renaissance in Montgomery. We're going to be doing a meetup, a little bit of kind of a version of our show. You'll get a chance to participate. So that's at the Exchange Pub, Renaissance in Montgomery, 6 p.m. local time on Friday evening. I mentioned local time because I realize they're central time, T. Frank. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's let's get to that review. You've watched the tapes. You've graded them out, the players. Let's start. Let's start with Drew Aller. Entered the game. Big, big response from the crowd. And the fact is, he did not disappoint. A couple touchdown passes, T. Frank. To my layman's eyes, I thought he looked very good. You tell me you saw the tape. How excited should we be about him? I'm having a hard time uh, not anointing him already. And, and and this is always the thing. Is you get excited, you see just what you see. You don't see the warts yet. But everything I've seen, I've liked. Um, his pocket presence and mobility is good. The sack was a bit goofy but he was just trying to get out of the pocket and uh, decided he was going to make a full 360 before doing so. Um, that happens sometimes, I guess. Uh, I've never had to escape the pocket myself, so uh, I'll, I'll reserve some judgment there. But uh, other than that, he steps up through the pocket very well in two games so far. I like his mental processing. I think he stays cool under pressure. He threw around a defender on a on a free blitz. So that, that throw to Parker Washington, where the targeting call uh, was overturned he that's his guy so that's a free rusher so he has to know where to go with the ball before the snap he has to anticipate that's coming and then he has to get the ball out on time and accurately under pressure and he did all of those things in sequence perfectly 
and put the ball exactly where it needed to be for a first down. So you didn't even need the penalty to get that first down. Uh, that the big time, the, the big throws. So the touchdown to Amari Evans was a perfectly designed play. It was kind of an easy read for him because the free safety just bailed on his responsibility deep. Um, but it was a perfect throw. Like it was a great throw, stepped up in the pocket, strided in well, led Amari Evans away from the safety, didn't allow him to get into the play at all. Uh, and then the the play, the touchdown to Khalil Dinkins was great, where again, step up in the pocket recognize the pre- recognize what's going on right to see the coverage beyond the pass rush and to keep his eyes downfield and to be able to throw on the run moving forward accurately for a touchdown all of these things are they're not nothing it's not just cuz it's ohio those are fundamentals that he has possessed and he has exhibited from his high school career that are now translating where they were not translating in the blue white event to the you know they are now the light came on in training camp and it came on and it seemingly came on in a big way he has a better grasp of the offense now apparently and that's unlocking all of these things so I don't know how he'll do against complex coverages against teams that have better pass rushers or that throw things he hasn't seen his way before but he's he's aced everything he's done so far I'm glad you uh, there were a couple things that you brought up that I'm really glad you did in the pass to Amari Evans, where he threw it away from the defender, that seems like something, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Sean Clifford has struggled with sometimes, where I remember <laughs> after a play, I'd say, wait, if he would have just put it away from yeah. the defender, and it seemed to happen so, I'm going to use the word nonchalantly for Aller. Because that's how it's supposed so to be. easy to him. It's so Amari Evans is running a post. That's where you cut 10 to 15 yards downfield and you head towards the goal post. That's why it's called a post. You, you throw the ball on the line of that route. That's all he did. He threw the ball to the spot that the player was going, not where he is. So that's how it's supposed to look. Yes. It's it's when it's easy, it's supposed to look easy. And that was, that was all teed up for him and he just took advantage of it. Uh, there are some other throws later in the game that I think he may be, and I don't want to blow all the sunshine at this point. There were some misreads in, in there's some inaccurate throws in the first game that everyone's aware of on that third down that everyone wanted him to run this game. He had a, an opportunity to throw the ball to uh, Caden Saunders over the middle. And I think that his throw influenced where the defenders went but Caden Saunders also ran, as Taylor Stubblefield called it, a nice juicy route and got the defender uh, to bite to the outside where he had, you know, two deep safeties. He was in the middle of the field by himself. So that's an area where he maybe misread that. But again, he also recognized the coverage and attacked a different area of the coverage. The, the difference is the safety was leaning that way. So if he's reading that and he wants to be the next level quarterback, he influences the safety that wants to go to the sideline and cover the cover two hole on the sideline and then come back to the middle and hit the receiver going down the middle, which is, I think, where the play was probably designed to go, given that there were so many vertical routes in that area. So it's not all perfect, but even the decision making process to throw the the ball he did there, most quarterbacks just check it down. Don't want to throw over the middle. There's safeties there. Big, scary land of safeties. 
Um, and then you don't want to throw to the sideline because that's one of the hardest throws in football is to hit that with timing and accuracy. He got the ball into the location it's supposed to be, but the receiver wasn't there and it wasn't the right read. But I love the aggressiveness and the decision that, you know what? No, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to throw that ball because I can. So even, you know, I'm giving him those benefits as a young player. Eventually, he'll have to grow beyond that. But out of the box, this is all pretty damn good. The one last thing that I took away that I liked was he seemed to have a willingness to take the ball out of the running back's gut and run it himself. Now, there may be some people who don't like that, but I think a quarterback who's at least willing to do that is an important part of the college football game. What do you yeah. think, Frank? Yeah, I, I so... I, I made the joke on Twitter because everyone's compared him to Josh Allen because of the arm strength. And then then we saw him run in a game against Ohio. So I tweeted during the game. I said, now that we've all seen him run, can we stop the Josh Allen comparisons? Because he's not he's he's not he's not that level athlete. And then the next play, Mike Yersich runs him on a quarterback zone read. <laughs> so what do I know? What do I know? They're going to use him like Josh Allen, but he does not have those running skills. The only thing is they both look kind of goofy when they're in the open field. Uh, but, you know, he's got time to grow and he's got some baby fat on him and all that stuff. He, but his running is what it is. Like, I, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm not afraid of him getting hurt in those situations because we just don't know. Like Sean Clifford, maybe he is injury prone if that is a thing i don't really know but you 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 said it right it's a part of the game of football players do it all the time um just be smart when you do it that's all one side note here now that you brought up josh allen congratulations on your buffalo bills through week one oh, they look perfect i have no complaints <laughs> and Obviously, this is radio podcast. You folks are just getting audio. I'm able to see T. Frank at the mere mention of the Buffalo Bills. He broke out into this huge smile. Fantastic, they spanked T. the defending champion Rams and Von Miller. I was a little worried, like, ooh, Von Miller, is he over the hill? Nope, 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 nope. He is on top of the hill. He is at the at the top of the hill having a picnic in the backfield. It was great. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Penn State because I suspect if we continued along with the Bills, you would carry it for a while there. Let's go to the other five-star freshman, Nick Singleton. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be, you know, RB1. He's going to get carry the load. It was wonderful to see the explosive plays. My question for you, T. Frank, is those big plays, he bounced them outside. Yeah. Is that sustainable against, you know, an Auburn versus against an Ohio team? Was it for Saquon Barkley against USC? And I'm not I'm not comparing yes, them. Yes, it was. Right. So for some players, they just get away with that. Now, he tried to bounce against Purdue and he got tackled by an ankle. So we've seen a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I, I can't tell you that it's going to work, but I can tell you that. Uh, it can. He has the speed to do it. And he has. Here's the other thing is that I, I, I'm I'm a little bit perplexed by what people expect from running between the tackles. There's nine players in that area. So when Nick Singleton gets a hole and gets nine yards by burying his head through the chest of a defender, that's a good run. 
He got nine yards. And then when you bounce it for 57, then you've got a complete running back. So this idea that they had to pave a way through the middle of the defense and it had to be, uh, you know, power through gap scheme, fullback, pulling, all the manly testosterone, it doesn't have to be that way to be an effective running game. And they were effective enough through the tackles. Now, I'm not glossing over there are still offensive line issues, but it was an effective day both between the tackles and outside. Um, And that's the whole point of having speed is that if it's not clear, bounce it outside and see you later. So it was everything you wanted it to be. And it changed the way Penn State can call running plays and running formations like they can use entire different parts of the playbook that they couldn't use before. We will pick up the conversation in quarter number two, T. Frank. It was just nice to see somebody rush for over 100 yards and get a couple explosive plays there. Stick with us. We'll be right back. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, when we left, we were talking about Ohio game and grading the players out. Before we pick up that conversation, I just want to mention our good friends over at New Trail Brewery because they brought out their whiteout beer. They actually introduced it last week, so it was ready for the home opener. Didn't have to wait for the whiteout game. 
just want to tell you, I was a very popular guy at my tailgate <laughs> when I brought the whiteout beer tea, Frank. Yeah. All I'm saying, very popular. Next time you're in State College, make sure you stop at W.R. Hickey, and you will be a popular guy at your tailgate. They also came out with another beer called Crisp Lager. Really refreshing, easy-drinking kind of beer. Check that one out also. Again, if you want to be popular at your tailgate, and who doesn't, this is the route to take, T. Frank. All right, let's get back to it. Quarter number one, we talked about the quarterback, Drew Aller. I say that the quarterback, like he's the only quarterback. <laughs> but I swear he was the only one who mattered against Ohio. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Nick Singleton, the only running back who really mattered. You just in passing mentioned the offensive line. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, how did they look to you? I know it was a little bit up and down first game against Purdue who who stood out on the positive side at least in the Ohio game so Olufashanu continues to be awesome and I he's getting comfortable as a run blocker it's he's not I would say a dominant force yet but he has some dominant blocks where he's taking guys and he's moving them substantially now um that's really the guy that stood out. Landon Tangwall had a bounce back performance where he played better against uh, the pass and was a solid, you know, solid presence in the middle. Um, the The run game continues to be an almost thing in a lot of situations where you get a couple good pull blocks, you get a couple good down blocks, and then one key guy makes a mistake or loses his, you know, does not hold his block. And you have a tackle and it's a six yard gain instead of a 15 yard gain. So it, I, I know I, I came out hot in the first quarter talking about how they had some good runs up the middle. And I've always, you know, I intended on circling back and saying that it is still not better. Like it's not where Penn State fans want it to be. But this line is now to a level of acceptable play where they will not be a detriment to the offense as long as the rest of the offense plays well. So uh, Juice Scruggs is a solid player. He's a sound player. He's not playing center is not going to make him a transformative all Big Ten potential NFL draft pick. He's a solid player. He didn't reach the uh, the the level, I think, that I saw for him early in his career as a guy that's very mobile, very athletic, great uh, physical tools, but hasn't developed the strength to be a difference maker there. Sal Wormley took a step back this week, and Caden Wallace played better. So I think they just like draw straws before the game of whose game is it to have a bad game? And there's two of them every week so far. So there's two short straws, and this week it was Hunter Norzad, and it was uh, K- and it was uh, Sal Wormley their turn to, to struggle. Oh, and, and Bryce Efner as well uh, at right tackle had a bit of a rough day in pass protection. I did want to ask you about Bryce Efner versus Caden Wallace game one against Purdue. It was obvious that Wallace struggled. And I asked the question, if not a view of somebody else, are we not just going to see more of Efner against Ohio, but maybe 
could he surpass Caden Wallace? Well, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen anytime soon based on Efner's performance this week. Yeah, and this is what I said after the game against Purdue is, do you trust that to continue? Do, do you think that Bryce Efner is tangibly better than Caden Wallace? And in certain situations and certain players against certain players, maybe he is. I, I don't know if this is a relief pitcher situation where you're going to cycle your mid reliever every game. I, I, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen at right tackle. Caden Wallace played better, but that was not a team. Like if he had struggled against Ohio, we're having a five alarm fire conversation about that position. Um, but he didn't. So, you know, we live to fight another day talking about the offensive line with less clarity. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. It's going to be Caden Wallace and how he performs and how he works through whatever issues he has at that position and finds some way to play the position the way he needs to within the, you know, the scope of his abilities. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words, Jim. People keep asking me, what do you do? It's like the, the Auburn ground game. What do you do at right tackle? What do you do at right tackle? They're all, everyone knows the options. Everyone, you, you're smart enough to know what the options are. But the question is, is Penn State going to move anybody if they deem those two players to be hurting the team to the point that they can't continue? They have not done that. They just have not done that. So I can't sit here and say, yeah, definitely move Landon Tangwall to right tackle because it's obvious. I, there's something that you and I don't know that James Franklin and Phil Troutwine and his staff seem to think in that situation. Um, and again, we're talking about Caden Wallace this way after he played well. So let's just see what happens this weekend and uh, and get through Central Michigan and have a full month so I can kick the can down the road about this conversation even more. <laughs> well, let's hope the Purdue game was the outlier for Wallace. All right, in the few minutes we have left, let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's go to the defense. And again, to the layperson, I thought Chop Robinson stood out a bit, T. Frank. I don't know if it's because he's the new guy with the five-star pedigree. Maybe it's just I'm rooting for a guy named Chop that was shortened <laughs> from Pork Chop. I want that guy to be a star, okay? Now that you've had a chance to review game tape, how was Chop Robinson? I really like I really like Chop Robinson. Um, other than a little hiccup during training camp, I, I've been very high on him for the you know since watching what he did in high school and and what he did at Maryland. I think he plays well through contact, which is rare for a guy who's listed at least at 244 pounds. It does not look like a traditional defensive end. So his ability to do that against two subpar offensive lines is good. There needs to be more. You know, as the season progresses right now, he's the guy that's getting pressure and he's the guy that's that's creating disruption from that defensive end position. Um, so, yes, he he you're correct. You know, your eyeballs typically tell you when a guy is standing out, there's a reason. Uh, and the reason is because he's able to get on the edge of offensive linemen and he's able to play through contact, whether it's from that guy or the help from the inside. He's able to run through that and not get knocked off his path to the quarterback. I need to see more from some other guys. Uh, Nick Tarburton had a good game as a bull rusher. But again, opposite good offensive line, especially at the tackle. You want to see that. You want to see a guy like Nick Tarburton be able to walk somebody into the backfield several times during the game. So check that off. That's good. Outside of that, still waiting for guys to consistently create pressure in their one-on-ones. And that's really what this defense up front 
the more I'm watching it, the more I'm, I'm kind of absorbing what they do. The blitzing is one thing. And there are opportunities to overload, get free rushers, stuff like that. But it's about creating one-on-one opportunities for these uh, defensive linemen or for key blitzers against a running back or or a, a weak tight end. If you get those, you have to win your individual battles. So right now they're getting pressure by volume of, of bodies thrown at the line, but they're not getting pressure through quality wins in those situations. A couple of the defenders in the secondary need to tighten up their their pass rushing uh, path to the quarterback, the the stunts and the twists, they need to be a little more clean and efficient. But overall, the, the defensive front is working against these quarterbacks. So overall, Chop Robinson is, is the guy that's creating the most out of this opportunity, out of this situation. But the other guys need to step up and do that as well because there's lots of opportunities to win individual battles and get quick pressure. It's difficult for me, T. Frank, to start going through the list of individuals that I might want to ask you about, especially when on defense they played approximately 123 <laughs> different players. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will just ask it, it, in a way, I think the star of the defense was Manny Diaz with how he yeah. played so many people and the things that he did. But I'll just ask you more in general was there any other players who stood out in a positive way? or any of them that stood out in the unfortunate negative way? The linebackers. Uh, Curtis Jacobs had a good game. He played on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He was what I was expecting week one, a little more confident and uh, aggressive. And it wasn't necessarily that it was Ohio. It was just that he's, all right, I'm going. And and he went, and he, he trusted his reads, and he got into the backfield and made some tackles for loss and tackles for no gain. And here's the other one that is going to blow everybody's mind, but Jonathan Sutherland is playing well especially as a blitzer. What I talked about of being efficient, winning your one-on-one individual matchups when he's against a running back or even an offensive lineman, he won last week. So that needs to continue against better opponents. But he stood out to me on film as somebody who's taking advantage of this defense and what's being asked of him. So those are the two guys that I say, I would say stood out. Hakeem Beeman flashed couple of times you can see oh man there it is and then it's it's gone so more consistency from those guys like i said before but uh and then in the secondary it was a bit of a rough game but i it, it was also a non-descript game like what did they have to do they didn't have a whole lot of work to do in that game um and jalen reed stood out this week he was the guy that was targeted a couple times in single coverage and he held up on the flip side, Daquan Hardy had another rough week. I, I just think that being in the slot is very hard. You've got a two-way go that you've got to defend. you got to defend against the interior and protect that first. And they were doing a lot of outbreaking routes on him. Um, one of them was caught for close to a first down, and the other one went for a first down. So his recognition, his anticipation, I, I expect to get better because he's so talented, and we've seen a high bar from him. So I'm expecting him to meet that high bar as the season progresses and as he gets more confident in his role. But um, that's kind of the the broad view of who stood out good and bad during the game. And then the, the last player I'll, I'll comment on is Tig Brown is in a new position and he's also doing a bunch of new things. He's making the tackles right now. It's not like a forceful in position wrap and secure. He's getting guys by the ankles. He's making diving plays. I'm monitoring that going forward. I want to know. I, I'm. I just got to see a little bit more about how he's going to play in space, underneath coverage against tight ends and backs on a regular basis. 
and T. Frank, we're going to talk more in the third quarter, I think, about the ability to tackle, the ability to come up into the box when we do our preview of Penn State Auburn. Stick around for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching a game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, typically we do our Ask T. Frank segment here, but we are going to preview Auburn instead. And before we get started, just a reminder, now that football season's in full swing, not this week, everyone's down at Auburn, but the following week, another home game. If you want a great way to experience Happy Valley during a football weekend, no better way than at the gopsurv.com lot. This is where you drive in with your own car, but they have the RV there all set up and waiting for you. It's a great experience, a great weekend. They also have the shuttle bus taking you to and from the game. Don't have to worry about the parking hassles or any of that. It's a special experience, a great way to spend the weekend, and you can get the special KSN deal now where you save $500 off your RV if you call Mark at 800-519-8467 and just tell him you want the KSN RV special. There's particular games that qualifies for. 
So check it out, including the Central Michigan game. All right, T. Frank, in quarter one and two, we reviewed the Ohio game. Let's preview Auburn. Let's start with this. It's the undefeated Auburn Tigers with victories over those two football powers, Mercer and a close one with San Jose State. Who is Auburn? What, who is this football team? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think their fans know at this point either. Uh, and that's the, it, it's just, it's not been a great start under Brian Harson, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And as I always do, I'm going to start with the quarterback because it doesn't have to be that hard. <laughs> if you've got a good quarterback, it doesn't have to be that hard. And so far he's gone through Bo Nix and TJ Finley. And TJ Finley at one point was a target for Penn State in the transfer portal. And it kind of seems like they dodged a bullet by not getting uh, Finley to join the Nittany Lions. Now, that's not to say he's the worst quarterback in the world. But, you know, watching the San Jose State game, I saw some things that you expect out of a freshman. You know, a guy who is learning the game for the first time. And Finley is now, I think, in his third year in college football. And and these are these are things that. I would be concerned with if I were an Auburn fan. And TJ Finley, just as a reminder, he's a transfer from LSU. So I I guess he was a pretty big-time recruit, I believe, when he first came in. Didn't LSU have high hopes for him? And that didn't uh, pan out. But as a Penn State fan, going into this Auburn game, I think the general school of thought is this. We're not concerned so much about the quarterback. We're concerned about the running game. We've seen these games where teams have seemingly just run all over Penn State. The first two games against Purdue and Ohio, the running games weren't weren't that kind of threat. But there's Tank Bigsby, uh, who we remember from a year ago. So is Penn State prepared to stop that guy? We'll find out. Uh, I don't, this is the thing is, is a, a running back is so interesting and unique that some guys genuinely make a difference beyond the scheme and some guys, uh, you know, don't. And that I would agree that these guys that they have are talented players, but how many times has a individual, a running back won a game for a team against a competent defense or a competent team? you know, that has the ability to score points on the other side. And I can't think of a ton off the top of my head. And they are by truly unique and talented players. I don't think Bigsby or Knight or any of those players are the same athlete as Nick Singleton. They're not that good. Now, they're very good football players. They're better running backs right now than Singleton. But to be the guy that changes the game, you know their names. I don't need to go through the guys that change the game. I don't see anybody that is going to do that without the help of competent blocking and a passing attack to support them because it's just too hard. You have to be too good to single-handedly win a football game. And I I don't think that their offensive line is particularly talented. And I don't think they're playing particularly well. One of the things I'm looking for when I'm looking for that is not just how big are they, but how effective are they at blocking and I see a lot of missed assignments I see guys in the backfield shooting gaps they run a pretty predictable zone scheme 
which I kind of like. You know, I like zone schemes. I like it when teams dip into that more. I think it does create opportunities for those running backs to make cutbacks, and that's where a lot of these runs are coming from. Um, but this group is not coordinated right now. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not concerned for Penn State's chances to stymie a run game. But this is the other thing, Jim, is that, you know, Purdue, they throw the football. That's what they do, right? So they threw for 350 yards. They got 24 points. Um, they did not run the ball very much. Auburn runs the ball. So they might run for 175, 200 yards in the game. And if they get 17 points, big who cares? Because they, they didn't win the football game. And I'm not saying, I'm not predicting that hard like right now I still have more work to do on the defense and you know clean up some things but generally that's what I'm seeing is like they're gonna get theirs because Bigsby and the other guys are good running backs but are they going to snap off 75 yard runs and defeat this team single-handedly I just don't see that I see they were good last year and Penn State was able to stop them last year uh so you know I, I think Penn State's a more whole defense at this point uh, from back to front than they were a year ago. Oh, maybe that's not true. Maybe maybe that's not true. They had PJ Mustafer at that point. So so that's I'm probably overstating that. Uh, real quickly though, T Frank, when you said, "What if they, you know, run for 175 yards?" Big. I was sure you were going down the big bleeping deal path, and I was going to have to edit you out there. <laughs> so so thank you for 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 not doing that. Um, you saw some tape. I'm going by the statistics. I saw the mm -hmm. the San Jose State game where they won by a touchdown. Auburn was down at halftime, ten to seven, which yeah. sounds like an Iowa score. And Bigsby he finished with less than four yards per carry. This is against San Jose State. I'm gonna yeah. you know circle back to my question about who who is Auburn? Who are they? Tell me about that San Jose State game because it just sounds so unimpressive. Should we take anything from that game or is this just the old, well, they were looking ahead to Penn State? Uh, I, I don't think that's the case. And if they were, they got what they deserved, you know, in that situation. On defense, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm interested to see are they running just single high coverage? Are they running? So last season, they were very much a single high team. Cover one, cover three, one safety dot in the middle of the field. They didn't run a lot of coverages other than that, which is why Penn State was able to uh, dissect them because Sean Clifford knew what was coming. It was, and they did not blitz a lot last year. This year, again, still not blitzing a lot, a lot of simulated pressures, but still only four guys getting to the quarterback, not five or six, not putting that situation. So, you know, from to answer your question in a roundabout way, I saw more on defense from them. So I don't think they were holding back on defense. They're playing a little more too high safety, trying to disguise a little bit more this year. They're putting that on tape for Penn State. And then on the, the offensive side of the ball, I think they want to be a running team. You know, I think that they just want to be a ground and pound traditional running team and their offensive line is not coordinated enough right now. Like I said, to do that because the, you know, the, I'm looking this up right now. They, they did not make an impact on the ground as run blockers. There's 
too many mental mistakes and and there's too many guys that can't get certain blocks. Like the things I've said about Caden Wallace and about Hunter Norzad and, and last season about the interior of the offensive line for Penn State in these zone blocking schemes where you have to be able to get to certain blocks athletically. And can you actually accomplish that? They couldn't last week against San Jose State. So Penn State has faster athletes, more aggressive, strong athletes of the same size with better edge defenders and better linebackers and a generally uh, a more talented team. So is Penn State going to give up uh, 175 yards rushing? I still think that at certain times they could because they're still learning their new scheme. I talked about some mental mistakes and some gaps that they had in the first game when it came to being in the right position. They cleaned that up last week. There was an improvement there, but they were not dramatic, dominant forces against the ground game. This is their first opportunity to be that because it's the first time that a team is actually going to run on them. And so PJ Mustafer and Tyler Elsden, Kobe King, these guys now come into the equation. And I don't have any problem with that. I think that leans into the skill of those players where those players have been playing a game that they don't want to play the first two weeks, which is coverage. So there's enough elements in this defense that I think Penn State can handle the the ground game. Generally, if you can tell, I'm not super impressed by Auburn. I don't think offensively or defensively, they're all that special. Now, again, I still have work to do on the defense, but the offense, there are certain things a quarterback should know. And I feel bad for for offense coordinators sometimes when I'm watching film like, oh, so you're trying to run that against cover three. I see what you're trying to do there. The quarterback doesn't. But I get it like there are certain there are certain route concepts. There are certain things that you're supposed to do against certain coverages. And Auburn dialed them up and TJ Finley ran the football against no pressure. So he's doing things that I saw from high school quarterbacks. So do I think that they have the firepower? I don't even know anything about the receivers because he wouldn't throw them the football. And when he did, they weren't necessarily on target. So he did enough to get them to win the game. He will pull the trigger. He will throw some clutch footballs. But if we're talking about a threat to the Nittany Lions, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bo Nix was a better quarterback. He was actually better at diagnostics and, and, and delivering the football to certain locations. Finley looks right. a little bit over his head. Very quickly in the time we have left, T. Frank, we need your prediction. Penn State is a three-point favorite. and. I need a bold prediction from you. Um, the My prediction for the game is that Nick Singleton will uh, follow up his game, not as dominant, but with another good performance. And my bold prediction is that Penn State wins by three touchdowns. That is a bold prediction. Yeah, I don't so, think Auburn's very good. That's... Uh... That's pretty obvious when you do a uh, three touchdown, <laughs> when you do a three touchdown gap. And by the way, the fact that you mentioned that you know what the uh, coaches are looking to accomplish, I think that's Auburn on line two, looking to see if you have some ava- some eligibility <laughs> remaining, T. Frank. <laughs> I can't look- do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can see it. <laughs> All right. Very good, T. Frank. We've got a special guest coming in for quarter number four. You want to make sure you stay tuned for that. 
New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pre-game tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante, and as promised, a very special guest for this segment. We have Michael Krentzman. Michael is the founder of the Penn State Collective. We are NILcollective.com. That's also the website. And Michael, thank you so much for taking time out to join us. Jim, thank you for having me. And it's it's kind of funny to be on a website or excuse me, a podcast that you listen to. And uh, it's kind of a trip to be actually in a conversation with somebody who you recognize their voice from other people's conversations. So thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It really is. Well, thank you for listening and being on. There's so much to talk about here. I'd like to jump right into it because as college football fans, NIL is such a major issue. It's It's changing the sport. But I think a lot of people, just up front, give me the definition. What is name image likeness and what is it not? Well, it's, it's, a, big, it's a big topic that can be a lot of things. Uh, our view is going to be a lot more expansive in terms of who it benefits and what it can do and how we can use it. But what NIL is basically, uh, NIL is the United States Supreme Court agreeing 11 nothing, which is something that is amazing to me that that can happen on any topic, that uh, the NCAA, as we knew here in the Penn State community, is uh, 
an, an, an organization that I think um, it's, it took value from students and I didn't operate fully on the up and up and violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. And the fact of the matter is if you're going to uh, if you're going to put a student's number and name on his jersey and how high he can jump and how fast he can run and what his stats are, and he's in a video game where his likeness is being used, you ought to pay him for him for that. Um, this is just a notion of, of student athletes being able to uh, monetize, uh, ter- turn their name, their image and the likeness of them in, 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 into cash for them, uh, subject to a few a few things that you can't do. And I guess that leads to the second part of your question of what is and what isn't NIL. Uh, what NIL is not is pay for play. If, if, if you boil it down to the one single most important thing, like if I get hit by a bus, you don't remember anything, God forbid, I ever said uh, it is not pay for play. And what does that mean? It means you're not saying to somebody, you come to Penn State, we're going to give you X dollars. No. If you score this many points, we're going to get, no, 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 no. What it is, is that we're going to create a contract, an agreement whereby you're going to agree to do certain things for a company, a person, an organization, a, a charitable effort, whatever it may be. And you're going to do those things in exchange for the money. And if you don't do those things, that's a violation. That's pay for play. Even an innocent accident. Uh, I was supposed to give you four social media posts. I only gave you two. Well, you got to do the other two, or I've paid you for something you have not done. And that's pay for play. Uh, it's, so it's, it's essentially, um, and, and listen, NIL can take the form of a bona fide circumstance where a, a, a player is just this quarterback can sell cars. And so car dealerships really, really want that face to be selling their cars. But it could also be a situation where a, a well-heeled donor who cares a lot about his program wants to, or even particular athletes and just wants to see them get taken care of, can create that contract. And this is something that we do. We have a staff of attorneys. If somebody wants to do something custom and special for a player group, a player or whatever it is, we create a contract. And then we actually have our software and we have people on the ground in state college who do compliance work to make sure those athletes do those things they say they're going to do. Because our goal is, of course, up and up, legality, uh, compliance, and not risking anyone's reputation, anyone's eligibility, anything like that. So we have a very meticulous process uh, to do that. So that, that's what a premise is. All right. That leads to the next question, which is, what is a collective which we hear all about. I think on the surface with NIL, we all thought the example you gave, the car dealership who will now take the quarterback and say, hey, come down to Smith Car Dealership and buy a car. But instead, we're getting these things called collectives. How do collectives work? And how is that different than what we all assumed NIL was? Sure. A collective is sort of a mechanism. It's 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 the way to do this. And it's a member uh, I mean, they can be take a few different forms, but generally, it's a member-driven organization. You sign up. There are different levels of, of support uh, monthly, um, and, and you basically uh, member. You know, at different levels, you get different benefits. Uh, and and what we do is, uh, you know, it could be so. Our benefits include things like you know a T-shirt giveaway. Uh, you know, everybody gets that. It could be you know, but we're going to do in-person meet and greets. We we have uh, we have. Uh, situation set up with, uh, you know, the Allen Street Grill and State College. And so if you're a, if you are a, uh, a member of our collective, we're going to have player meet and greets. Uh, we're going to have virtual meet and greets. We're going to have a virtual town hall with, with people who are experts on it. And I'm talking about this. You offer benefits to people uh, for, 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 for their membership and the dollars that come in go out to the athletes. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, you know, and, and, and we've got other, other special ty- types of benefits that go that go to the be- the members as well. So that's that's. I hope I'm answering that. 
you are, and I think the concern a lot of fans have is the collectives, the difference between a collective and a collective doing pay for play. It's it's very narrow that difference, and how is that going to be policed? Can we trust the NCAA to police it? Well, uh, okay. So pay for play is a very specific allegation, and it's a very it's a very um, uh, it's a term of art. And, and I mean, it's, so that's what everybody's trying to, that, that's what people who want to be compliant are trying to do, trying to avoid at all costs. Um, I mean, the NCA is going to police this, I'm sure. I'm, I'm anticipating NCA audits of everybody. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm sure it's not going to be a pure honor system, you know, and uh, uh, we've entered this with the philosophy that without question, we're going to face an IRS audit and, a, and an audit from the NCAA about, about everything that we're doing. So we've been very careful as far as, uh, you know, we've got a staff account and we've got two attorneys who work very close with me. Plus we've retained attorneys locally to do the contract work. Uh, you know, we've deployed the best state of the art um, uh, platform, which is the back end that, you, the, the member sees it when they join, and that's that's how it facilitates that. But what people don't see is the our players have an app that they sign on to that puts their banking information there. They can take a selfie of themselves and through the app send it, and it provides that evidence that this player was here at the Allen Street Grill doing our meet and greet. Like it's real. Um, you know, technology does not substitute for the human beings doing the compliance end. Uh, it helps a heck of a lot, but we've got people who are making the calls and following up and making sure that our athletes are doing what they say they're going to do. Uh, I'm an attorney. I will tell you passing the bar was not the easiest thing I ever did in my life. Uh, if I screw this up and I have a problem, that license can get taken from me. I'm not risking my professional, my reputation or my professional licensure to do this. Um, you know, it's, it's, I can't speak to how everybody else is doing compliance, but I can tell you that number one for us is compliance, compliance, compliance. And that's, that's what it takes uh, to do this properly. Let's talk about um, your collective uh, specifically, which is called We Are NIL Collective. And these things, these benefits that you'll be able to provide players, they don't just happen for free. It, it costs money. Yeah. How, right. how do the finances of this work for a collective? How do they get the money so that they can provide these benefits? I wrote a check to myself, <laughs> put it in here and, and started it out a little bit. Um, through the, I'm blessed with a number of great friends, a number of really neat people uh, who are, and many of them are just super involved in Penn State. Um, we did an event in Northeastern PA with a number of just really awesome people, uh, family or construction group out of, uh, out of out of the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area, really kind of sponsored it. We sat down in a private room uh, with a few people who are just very motivated and love Penn State. Um, we actually were able to talk. There were, there were some members of the staff were there, and we were able to explain to people. And there's an education process involved in this. A lot of the southern schools have been doing stuff like this. I'll just leave it at that uh, for some time. Let's say they predated the Supreme Court. They were precursors. Um, and I think that those cultures are very adept, and, and they're very understanding of what all this is and can be. Um, you come from a, a Penn State culture and the, the Joe Paterno kind of philosophy and the Penn State way. And we have a, we kind of naturally recoil at the notion of paying players. Um, although that's the climate that we live in. But so basically we sat down with, with donors and with, with people and we talked about this and we, we seeded this with a little bit. We've been, we've been judicious with how we've spent that money. Uh, and we've, and, and now we, we've, we've signed a few players that we're very excited about. Uh, Caden Wallace, awesome guy, great offensive line, but just such a great guy. Uh, Devon Ellis, um, 
I can't believe a guy can be like a violent what he does in a football game guy and be a guy you'd like want to give a hug to. He's like a sweetheart of a great guy. Uh, Jair Brown, I don't know what else you can say about him. He's going to be an NFL stud and is just such an inspiring guy. Um, so we've gone out and we've, we've, we've done some things for these guys. Um, and we, we, we're going to put them up on our, on our, on our platform. We're going to let you come meet them at different events. We're going to do things with them. Uh, there's going to be a, a virtual meet and greet that you can meet Jair. We're going to do an in-person meet and greet. Uh, I think with all three of those players pretty soon on the off weekend, you know, so we, then people say, I want to be part of this. Uh, and they join and our membership dollars are going to get cut up and go to our players that are here. Uh, so we can get them more. Um, but that's, that, that's pretty much, uh, May I talk about just a couple of the quick benefits really quick? Cause I'm really excited sure, about, sure. Our, okay. Yes. This is about getting dollars to players. And I understand that because, they, and I get that, but our philosophy really is to make their lives better and do some things that, 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 that it's harder for money to buy. Uh, so we're, we're doing everything we can to get insurance for every single player. Who's a member of our collective. It's tough to do that. Not everyone's insurable, but every player we can insure we're insuring uh, catastrophic uh, loss. Uh, insurance. So if God forbid their, their career ends, they get a nice check when they start life. Um, we're, we're, we're doing a, uh, a professional development piece with a, a, a portal that's going to allow people in professional uh, fields that players are interested in getting into be to have a virtual internship online and meet people and come out with a connection and, and yes, get paid for it, but come out with a connection in a field that you like and some understanding of what it's like. Um, we're going to have benefits. We have not rolled out our student uh, membership yet, but that's going to be coming out in not too distant future, I, and we're going to have such a cool benefit for students that's going to be beyond sports. It's going to be something for life. We've got a few other things I'm excited to talk about as soon as I can, but we're working on solving problems. So we, we've we wanted to do this like a Penn State way, family way, caring about you, the whole person, making you better when you graduate because of this. We want that to be a big part of what we do. And by the way, and we're going to throw the most beautiful events of anybody. I'm a member of some wonderful private clubs that are going to get us reciprocities at the most wonderful locations across the state. And for our highest level donors, we're going to do things that no one else in the Penn State universe has ever done or is going to do. Um, so yeah, anyway, I appreciate that, Michael. Unfortunately, we're starting to run out of time. I, ah. I have so many more questions. <laughs> um, would you be able to come back next week and I could continue this conversation with you? I would love to It'd be an honor. That's fantastic because, uh, you brought up something about, you know, the culture at Penn state is a little different than say, we'll call it the Southern culture where maybe the money was changing hands prior to it being the legal way to do things. And so when this came up, their culture just allowed them to get to it quicker next week, I want to talk to you about how this can work well at Penn state. But that is it for this week's show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. With four different hoppy beers, the Hoppy Variety Pack is put together to easily please your whole crew.
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814 206 